so nice to see you again. It has been a while. Yes. One would say far too long. <laughs> just just a little bit. <laughs> but who's counting? I mean, we're not counting. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, funnily enough, we had actually just started counting. Oh, yeah, correctly. that's right. <laughs> we were on it. <laughs> well, at least you were on it. I, I was just calling you on it. Yes. And then, then there was some ball droppage. Yes. Oh, well. Well, we'll get back to it then. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> So, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. This is episode 26, and oh my goodness, it has been a little while since we've actually had a chance to sit down and record. It's been some time. Mm -hmm. As you can hear, Colin is back. Hello. Finally recovered after whatever put you out of action. Wow. Like, (laughs) um... Yeah, I was, uh, the last time I was sick was like the end of, end of August, beginning of September. Right. And right. then, then it was clear for a little bit and then it relapsed and, oh, it was not pleasant. Yeah, no, that's uh, a lot of coughing and hacking and do you know, have you ever traveled when you are not feeling well, when you're ill, congested, you know, the Yeah, back sinus- when I was at, um, back when I was at my former job, mm-hmm. uh, that happened a fair bit, actually. Yeah, traveling while ill, traveling when congested. Did you ever ha- not have your ears pop when you were la- when you were landing? Yes. Oh, worst, the worst, worst pain ever. Like for for traveling purposes, I I think that 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 is the that is the the penultimate. <laughs> yes. No, I burned through several packs of gum and some other stuff trying to make them yeah. pop. Well, fortunately for me, well, while I was stateside, I I managed to find some high 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 powered over the counter decongestants. Ah, and uh, they actually worked quite well, and uh, well, that's clear, good. Cleared me right up. So um, nice, nicely done. Mm. Yeah, no, I've had that trip where it's just like yeah, me holed up in a hotel room with whatever medications I could find at the local pharmacy, even if it was the Walmart pharmacy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just like, okay, no, I got to get in any kind of shape for Monday morning. Yeah. How much night quill can I put away <laughs> and, yeah. and still function the next yeah. day? <laughs> this is kind of one of those, this is an important, important thing, you know, for, because, and you know, it's funny because actually I think the November safety tip or one of the November safety articles that was published by Scouts Canada concerned, um, medications brought oh. on scouting trips. Okay. And that's not our topic tonight. We'll get to that in a minute. But <clears throat> I do just want to, you know, maybe just throw read that the box. There. Always read the box. Yes. Well, how much of this can I take? How much of this <laughs> should am I, I supposed take? to take in a day? Where's the line? Where's the limit? <laughs> yeah. When have I gone too far? It is very important to, to be well, on top of that information with any medication. Well, I belong to the Husky Gentlemen's Club. So I I noticed that when the package says gives you 12 hours of relief it's not quite 12 hours it's mm. it's uh you know yeah nine and a half hours fair enough fair enough so, so. or woefully unfair as the case may be well you know just medicaid up that's all <laughs> yeah so anyway that digression aside mm. so yes um 
Colin is back. We're recording new episodes. Because, um, yeah, the last couple, well, I mean, the last one, was it the very last one that was the Halloween one? Yes, yes. it would have been. Yeah. And that was just a, a re-release of last year's Halloween, which, I mean, is still topical, you know. Yeah. Um, good discussion piece. Yeah, especially because there was a, an image doing the rounds on Twitter uh, I saw of, I don't know, one of those supermodels in a Boy Scout uniform. Oh, yes. So yeah, yeah. All right, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I guess this is still a thing. Yeah. Um, and then the week before was just something I kind of threw together uh, from my other podcast. But <clears throat> we're back. Mm-hmm. And the news is a little old now because it came out, uh, actually, this, yeah, this news came out almost exactly a month ago. Oh. Uh, while we were, or not actually, no, a little less than a month ago, around three-ish weeks hmm. because we would have been at the Reynolds Museum. Oh, okay. Taking the uh, the Beavers and the Cubs down to the Reynolds Alberta Museum mm-hmm. in Wetaskiwin, Alberta. We do a uh, rotating cycle of overnight yeah. sleeps with our Beaver and Cub. Uh, what is the sections. Reynolds Museum just for the right. listeners? Right, so the Reynolds Museum is... It's kind of like an old-timey yeah, it's, historical... It's, I guess Alberta heritage would probably be one of the better ways I could yeah, describe it. Farming and... Very focused on machinery and equipment, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, you have... I mean, the way it works was, you know, like Stan Reynolds was, I believe, a pilot. Mm-hmm. And then after the Second World War, you know, he came back and he started a car dealership in Wetaskiwin, Alberta. And the idea, his big thing was that he would take anything in trade, you know? Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what you brought him. He would find some way to take it in as a trade and, you know, put that towards the value of another vehicle, mm-hmm. um, which worked really well in, you know, rural Alberta because people could bring the, in old farm equipment. Yeah. The, the barter system was still yeah. very much an active, uh, yep. active process. And also, you know, having been a pilot, I mean, he continued flying uh, in a civilian capacity. And as I understand it, he kind of had this habit of, you know, like he would just be out flying around. And if he noticed some odd looking thing Mm -hmm. sitting in a field somewhere, Mm -hmm. he'd land, he'd find the landowner and he'd, uh, you know, say, Hey, can I buy that? Yeah. (laughs) Whatever it is. So the result is the Reynolds Museum. This is also not the topic, but whatever. We'll get to that eventually. (laughs) The Reynolds Museum is kind of this really interesting look, really, really interesting look into... Well, the history of agriculture in Alberta Mm -hmm. and just the sometimes really crazy stuff that came along, um, there are people developed to foster it. Yeah. There are some very unique pieces in that museum. It was like the walking tractor and like steam power. Like, I mean, it's technically a tractor, but it looks like a steam locomotive. Yeah. Um, and then of course cars, lots of, you know, like vintage and one-off cars. Yeah. Um, they do a car show there annually. Uh, yes, they do. Like an old-timey car show type type thing. And yep. It's a, it's a neat experience. Yeah. Uh, so. And also t- some airplanes. He's got a small oh, aviation yeah. museum yes. out there as well. Yes, that's right. Which would make sense being that he was a pilot and all. Yes, definitely. Uh, so, uh, highly recommended? Yeah, actually. The Reynolds, I think, is probably. As, as a tourist destination or mm-hmm. perhaps as a, uh, as a. It was wonderful as a tourist destination. Yeah. It's really worth stopping in because yeah. it's just. Especially if you're from outside of Alberta and you kind of want to get a, a good overview yep. of... If you really want to get your, your finger on like, you know, just what people went through to make Alberta agriculturally prosperous, mm-hmm. excellent place to go. And, and I mean, also the collection of airplanes is really, really quite tops. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the F5. He's got an F5 sitting on the tarmac. So, you know, 
CF5, you know, yeah. it's the Canadian model. Yeah. But uh <laughs> but no, definitely worth the uh worth the effort of going down there. And actually I think one of the better camps that we do as well. I mean, I don't think anything beats the Royal Terrell, the dinosaur museum. No, that's kind of the 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 go-to or mm-hmm. the the big one. But the Reynolds is nice because like it's still a really interesting thing for the kids to mm-hmm. experience. It's a lot closer than Drumheller is to here. Yeah. And um I mean, the Reynolds themselves, they treat us, they like, they treat you right when yeah. you're an overnight group. So, and two, it's also, you know, like it's just us, you know, they don't book multiple groups. Yeah. In. So you're, so you're not fighting with other groups yeah. for, for time on things or what have you. Breakfast lines. Yeah. So no, it was good. It was really cool. good. But anyways, it was during the course of that weekend mm-hmm. that the news broke that, okay, so... Previously, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast a little bit before, but Scouts Canada imposes very strict um, youth to scouter ratio requirements on each, well, at least on the beaver, cub, and scout sections. With adventurers and rovers, it gets a little bit funky, you know, like you can have a dozen venturers and an advisor and that's fine. Hmm. But for the beavers, the cubs, and the scouts, one of the things that we've we have to deal with and have periodically struggled with is the fact that, you know, we have to have a set number of leaders for a set number of youth. Mm -hmm. It was one to five. So one, one scouter for every five beavers, minimum two scouters, one scouter to every six cubs and one scouter to every six scouts. And again, minimum two scouters. Right. So there's a couple of things that are kind of getting baked in there. I mean, the two deep rule applies, you know, there always have to be at least two scouters. With any youth. Mm, yep. Um, and then, of course, the scouter to youth ratio on top of that. So if you're running a section of six cubs, you still need two yes. two leaders. If you're running one of 12, then you still can get away with two leaders, but it's yes. way, more, <laughs> way more complex. And a lot more work, yes. But... <laughs> Excuse me. No worries. But over the course of that weekend... Um, kind of in mid-October there, uh, Scouts Canada announced and went live with their new policy. Mm. <clears throat> and the new ratio is one to eight across the board for all of those sections. Oh, wow. Again, minimum two. Okay. Right. You know, yeah. still minimum yeah. two, but, but no longer one to five, one to six. It's just one to eight across the board. That's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, like I say, I think I've talked a little bit about ratios before on the mm-hmm. podcast, although I yeah. couldn't pull the episode number out of my head. Uh, it might have been just a digression of <laughs> of talking about. It may have been. but um, And I think I've mentioned that, you know, it has, and not that I disagree with it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do think that, you know, the more scouters, the better. It really does help to make a meeting yes. go along to yes. have a lot of adult volunteers there working with the kids, especially if you're splitting them up into patrols mm-hmm. uh, or lodges or packs or layers or whatever the terminology is. Yeah. It's all different under the Canadian path anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, some of it is. Um, but there was all, and especially at the beaver level, there was always this struggle to onboard new leaders, right? Because, you know, like I'm still in good straits right now. I know I've praised my beaver leaders before. I'm going to do yeah. so again. Yeah. I have a great leadership team at the beaver level. I yes. really do. Yeah. But equally, there's going to be a shakeup, actually probably starting next year, because a number of the kids 
whose parents are my scouters, yeah. are whitetails. They're moving up. Yeah. I have a lot of whitetails this year, man. Yeah. Um, and they are all probably coming up to to be in cubs. Right. A lot of them are going a, to cubs. Had such a good time and all that good stuff. Yep. But yeah, you're going to pull a bunch of leaders that were exactly in your beaver colony up to Exactly. So up I'm going to cubs. have a bit of a leadership crisis. And mm-hmm. it'll be the second time I've had to deal with one. Mm-hmm. And so on the one hand, I like the fact that now I just have to do one to eight. I'm still going to have to bring new people on board. It's not yeah. That I'm not. But it's way less of a crunch. Yes. But on the other hand, um, I'm not so sure. Like I don't, one to eight is really, I think, going to be a minimum, right? Because I mean, like, yeah. we have such demand for beavers. You mm-hmm. know, we've got two sections this year. The only reason we're not running 20 youth per section yeah. is because I, funnily enough, was actually, um, <clears throat> I have fewer leaders from my Tuesday night section. Mm. Um, and you know, so we decided to cap it, uh, at a little bit smaller level or a little bit, uh, lesser number mm-hmm. of, of participants than the Monday night section for which I have a lot of scouters. So, um, like on the, I don't know, I, I put this onto a couple of the scout discussion groups on Facebook that I'm part of mm-hmm. and just got a whole mixed bag of replies because, and I mean, a lot of them really do mirror my own thoughts. On the one hand, I like, well, A, I like that it's consistent across all sections. Yes. It's helpful. It can, yeah, it is. Um, it, it's helpful in the sense that there's more, it, I I know of a group in the city that is actually, that was actually struggling for leadership because they couldn't make, yeah, uh, couldn't make ratio, so they couldn't have meetings, and they shut it down. They just, they're just like, well, we can't, we can't run a meeting because we don't have enough leaders. Yeah, and so that's, and you don't want that, and I think no. certainly that's part of the reason why is that Scouts Canada is trying to make it easier on groups that are struggling to bring on adult volunteers mm-hmm. because you know what, that is a struggle. It does happen. So I get that, and I mean, I think that part of it is a good idea, but at the same time. Like, you know, as much as I like the consistency and uniformity of it all, I do recognize that, you know, beavers do require you to be a lot more hands-on oh, yes. than scouts do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, an effective youth to scouter ratio that works well for scouts mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to run a beaver meeting with that same balance, right? Um, it, especially if you have, you know, some particularly rambunctious beavers. Yes. I like the fact that it makes it a lot easier to, yeah, have the the necessary leaders to run a full section that meets our demand. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, could I really run 20 beavers with three scouters? I'm <clears throat> not sure. Well, yeah, it would be, it would be tough. I, it I, would be. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to be part of that leadership mm-hmm. team. Even at the cub level, I think there would be a yeah. real struggle there. Yep. And I think that's actually probably the main reason that even though these new racial requirements are already in effect, mm-hmm. we haven't, you know, reopened registration, despite the fact that I still have some people on a wait list. Mm-hmm. We haven't reopened registration because even though we could now, mm-hmm. We still kind of recognize that, you know, well, no, like we've got 20 on the one night and 17 on the other. And that's like, that's enough. And we don't, yeah. really you want to. Uh, 
from a from a leadership standpoint, uh, like I would think that you'd want to have the leaders that are already in place feel comfortable with what what's going on before they commit to expanding the expanding the group any. Yeah, and I mean so like next year it's going to be I think next year is kind of where I'm really going to have to start thinking about what it actually means for me. You know, this year we've just basically decided to stay static. Mm-hmm. But uh and and how is Scouts Canada going to impose it? Like let's say hypothetically speaking, uh a group um says, well, you know, we've got we're we're comfortable where we are even though the ratio says that we can handle more um you know we're we're at a point where we feel comfortable what what is scouts canada's recourse are they going to force a group to take on board more youth even though the leadership team is like you know uh, perhaps at the, at their operating capacity where they feel comfortable doing that doing that kind of work um well i mean I don't think Scouts is really trying to railroad it. And even just looking at like the official message that was sent out, mm-hmm. they do note, and they say this quite specifically, it is important to note that this policy is reflective of a minimum requirement. Mm-hmm. Ratios should continue to be assessed and increased by section scouters, depending on the nature of an activity or the needs of the youth. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, they're, they're, actually, they're actually putting the onus back on the, the leadership team uh, at the local level. Yep. To, to make those decisions. Yeah. And oh, I mean, good. some of this, I'll give you an example. Like we just took the beavers out to the fire hall, mm-hmm. right? And they did a fire hall tour mm-hmm. and the city of Edmonton requires one to five. Okay. So, you know, regardless uh, from of the a youth, that, yeah. for, from a youth organization. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. If you're bringing so, kids in, there has to be one adult for every five, five kids. kids. Now, they don't distinguish between, you know, like, whereas we require, you know, a fully trained scouter mm-hmm. for every eight mm-hmm. youth, they're just like, you know, one adult per five kids, right? So, I mean, yeah. there it's just a case of... Is there an adult yeah, present? Is there a couple that? of parents who can stay? Great. Good. Yeah. We're doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, you know, it might actually do well to read the message or at least, you know, kind of go over the, the high points of the message that was yeah. sent out. Okay. So this is October 22, uh, 2016. The Canadian path emphasizes the importance of the scout method by fully leveraging the scout method on a regular basis. Scouters and youth will achieve the most enriching scouting experience. During the development stages of the Canadian path, many youth and scouters called attention to the fact that they were not able to fully implement the patrol system, the team system. And as a result, program delivery was challenging and youth engagement and retention was often negatively impacted. A team, or patrol, is comprised of six to eight youth of various ages and is the primary unit in which scouting takes place. As we move towards full adoption of the Canadian path, we want to ensure that the team patrol system is appropriately supported by both program content as well as the volunteer structure at the section level. As a result, Scouts Canada is changing its scouter youth ratio to ensure that there is one scouter assigned to support each small team or patrol. So that's, I think, really the focus that they're trying to put there is that, you know, mm-hmm. when you have, um, you know, when you're breaking your section up into, and actually, I mean, if you look at the new scouter manual, like it's very, even at the beaver level, even at the cub level, right? Because of course the cubs, classic, what is the cub, you know, what are the cub uh, layers classically broken up into? Well, we didn't even call them layers. We called them sixes. 
mm-hmm. because there were six of them. Yeah. You know, the guy in the, the, the cub in charge was the sixer yeah. or there was a senior sixer sometimes. Um, then there was the, the seconder and then, you know, all the, the mm-hmm. cubs underneath and there were always, you know, it was six. Well, now they, I think in the literature surrounding cubs, they've done the most to kind of distance themselves from how we've done it before. Now they're called mm. layers. Oh, okay. Okay. And layers as layers. in, as in like places that, you know, where one might, uh, one might store up treasure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. Layers. Not, layers. not, not, not to be confused with layers. Yes. No, no, not like, not like onions or ogres. Okay. Have no, no, okay. Right. I was just, I was, uh, when, when you first said it, I was like, layers? <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean by layers? That's a darn Canadian accent coming again. <laughs> layers. 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 <laughs> L-A-I-R-S. Yes. So yeah, that, that's one of the big changes. The big name mm. change there is, you know, and consequently the ranks have changed too. It's not a, we don't call them sixers anymore. We call them howlers. Oh. I think, yes, howlers. And then we don't call them seconders anymore. We call them trackers. Right. And then the first- uh, I'm, yeah. I'm beginning to re- remember this. Yeah, we talked about that with the Cubs, yeah. right? And then runners yeah. are the first years. Yep. So, on the one hand, I get how they're, where they're going with this, right? Because mm-hmm. they really do want, you know, at every meeting, beavers, Cubs, scouts, get the youth, start the meeting, and then break up into patrols slash lodges slash lairs. Um, and whatever activity you're doing, mm-hmm. do it by that means, you know, do it in the small groups. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot I find agreement with there because, you know, in some of the other stuff I've been involved with over the years, I do generally find that people, there's kind of a, an upper limit and it's not a particularly large number on the number of people you can have working together on one task and expect it to be done really, really well. Yeah. You know, um, this is true, you know, like when I was running youth group or well, not youth group stuff, but like formation stuff at St. Joe's, this Mm -hmm. is true. Um, (coughs) some of the stuff I've done, you know, in my various workplaces. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you get that group of, yeah, between five to 10 people is kind of usually, and over that is really, you know, it starts to become almost cumbersome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, gets bogged down on itself. Yep. Yep. Um, but you know, you kind of hit that sweet spot, the, the half a dozen, mm-hmm. seven, eight, maybe nine. Um, you can have a really great, really productive team emerge from that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, again, thinking back to like some of the formation stuff that I ran at St. Joe's, you just, people just learn better and they can share more when it's that smaller group, not too small, but definitely not too big. Right. You know, mm-hmm. where, there's enough people there that you get um, enough different perspectives, enough different talents in play that you can really pick a task apart and run with it. But at the same time, there's not so many people there that anybody's getting lost. You know, everybody who wants to share an idea is able to. Right. So I get that, you know, I mean, I'm all for putting more focus on that. And I get why they do want to, you know, have one scouter per patrol or per lodge or per lair, because, you know, I mean, at that point, you know, you're the scouter, you're the the group mentor, basically, you know, you're just kind of helping them approach whatever problem they're attempting to solve or whatever activity they're attempting to perform. And so it does make sense to kind of tie the ratio to that, right? You want to make sure that you have at least enough scouters to support 
however many patrols you're going to end up with. Mm-hmm. Now that said, it is still a minimum requirement and it's usually helpful to have more scouters. You know, whether there's individuals who can float between patrols to help out, you know, if one is struggling or if there's, you know, one scouter per patrol and then if kids want to work on badges individually, they can just peel off from their patrol for five minutes and go and talk to the fourth scouter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one thing that we've kind of been working with a little bit Mm -hmm. um, at the beaver level now that we're doing the badges thing. Yeah. So kind of continuing on, you know, more from Scouts Canada here. Uh, regarding safety, the safety of all members continues to be of paramount importance. Prior to considering this change, a review was completed of volunteer and staff supervision requirements at a number of similar youth-serving organizations. Even with this change, Scouts Canada will continue to hold a strong leadership position when it comes to the number of scouters working with youth on a regular basis. Um... I'm curious now to actually click through to the FAQs and see about this four mm-hmm. details thing. So let's see here. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> oh, okay, they give they do give some comparisons. Um, the UK scouts continue to have graduated ratios for activities away from scout halls, but for weekly meetings require only two scouters. Okay. Well. I- that yeah, mm-hmm. so they're saying that you can, you can actually just run a meeting with the two scouters. Yeah, yeah, that makes well, that certainly makes it easier on the uh, on the ability to have a meeting, whether or not you actually want to have the meeting at with two scouters or not. That's still yeah, that's true, <laughs> but that is the requirement. I, I mean, I could see that being very beneficial at the scout level. And yep. and potentially at the cub level, depending on the maturity of the the youth that are there, but right. yeah, I would. And then their requirements are beavers one to six, cubs one to eight, and scouts one to twelve. Oh, okay, so there you go. Yep. Um, Girl Guides of Canada also uses graduated ratios based mm-hmm. on nature of activity and age range. So for regular meetings, uh, Sparks and Brownies have a one to eight ratio, mm-hmm. and then Guides and Pathfinders have one to fifteen. Oh wow. Hmm. Um, although at camp it's one to five and one to seven respectively. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then the Alberta Camping Association standards require a ratio of actually one to eight for overnight camps involving seven to 14 year olds. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so you yeah, know, we're on par. Yeah. We're, we're definitely in that range. Yeah. I guess as long as it's understood as a minimum, and I think that was kind of the biggest concern that I saw, you know, among my own scouters. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest concern that I saw on like the, the Scouts Canada and the Beaver Scouters discussion groups on Facebook that I was talking about this with people in. Mm-hmm. Is that on the one hand, like it's kind of a pressure relief valve for just meeting that minimum ratio requirement to even have meetings, you know, like you mm-hmm. said with the group that folded, right? Because they mm-hmm. just don't have enough people. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's a lot easier to have enough people. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I do think that it's definitely something that's going to have to be treated as, I think it is something that groups should definitely approach with an eye towards, you know, yeah, this is just the minimum standard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like, oh, I got three scouters. Yeah. Let's just bring on 24 youth and yeah. be done with it. Well, mm-hmm. no, I mean, that's not to say that you, you know, well, you absolutely shouldn't, but it's, you know, very much a case of, 
who are your scouters? What are they comfortable with? Yeah. And can the three of you working together actually handle 24 youth effectively, especially yeah. if they're like rambunctious beavers? Exactly. You know? Yeah. That would be, uh, that would be my concern. Yeah. So, um, actually it might almost be Scouts Canada, of course, they've gotten really, really good now about putting out all this documentation together, putting all this documentation together in advance and getting out. Well, I, I think they've learned from years past when. Yes documentation is not exactly there. Their, their support staff gets an earful. So it actually makes good sense to have this stuff prepared in advance. Yep. Like one of the interesting questions that they put on their FAQ document is, this change suggests that scouts require the same level of supervision as beaver scouts. Mm -hmm. I actually almost find it interesting. I actually find it, I do find it interesting that they went with that as opposed to the inverse, right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> to my mind, it's just like, wait, this change suggests that beaver scouts require the same level of supervision as scouts, mm -hmm. which almost sounds crazier. Yeah. You know, if you actually yeah. play that back in your head. Yeah. Um, but they do, you know, they say it all depends upon the nature of the activity. Although ultimately the decision on ratio will be made by the group commissioner in consultation with the section scouters. So yeah. you're right. They're yeah. definitely putting it back on the groups, which I mean is really so, where it should be because yeah. you can set this policy at a national level, but each group is going to have a very different mix of kids that they intake, right? Yeah. Some groups are going well, to have... It's it's the rural <laughs> groups, the small rural groups outside of like an urban center where you aren't going to get a lot of uh, leadership. Like you just don't have the population density to... Well, that. To, to get like that. That's where I see this policy stemming from is just like those those yep. group. but i mean to be fair i i did just give an example of a group in the city here that just didn't couldn't convert or, uh you know and get a get an extra leader out of the parent volunteers yeah so i mean honestly like i mean i've never run a rural group mm -hmm. so i don't know this for sure i know that a lot of the scout groups around here have because i live outside of edmonton um a lot of the scout groups around here seem to have really excellent leadership turnouts and a lot of the more ruralish scout groups that i've encountered through things like the um the beaver hills vehicle rally right do seem to have really really good leadership teams so not well, to say that it might not be that but certainly within the city there's been an immense amount of struggle. And I think it might, I almost wonder if it wouldn't be worse within a city because <coughs> like, you know, and it's not that any of the parents of, you know, the youth in my sections are not involved. Mm -hmm. It's that they're over involved, right? Mm -hmm. They're yeah. involved in their community leagues. There's yeah. It's being stretched to sports thin, right? and Taekwondo and like all and, this other stuff. And if there's multiple kids in the family. Exactly. That, you know, there's only so much time in a day and you've got to prioritize where you, yeah. where you give your time and yeah, it's. it's so yeah, there's, um, there, there is really that sense among a lot of the parents of the youth in our sections. It's just mm -hmm. like, they're already kind of overcommitted in terms mm -hmm. of all the stuff that they do. A lot mm -hmm. of which is, you know surrounds their children, right? Mm. Because the children aren't just in beavers. They have, 
you know, some children in beavers and those kids might also then be in like a couple of sports. And then they could also have, you know, like you said, older children who have other things on the same night at almost the same time. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, how do you juggle all that? Really? How do you? It's, it's, it's a challenge, I think, for a lot of families. And that certainly impacts. I mean, I've had, and I've sat down and talked with, you know, some of the, the parents who've been pretty constant fixtures for mm-hmm. a lot of scouting events. Mm-hmm. Just like, have you ever considered becoming a scouter? And the answer I've gotten back from more than a few people is just like, I have. I just, I can't because I'm also a coach and mm-hmm. this and that and the other thing. And it's just like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah. that's, <laughs> all right then. I think that's, that's one of probably the bigger struggles as uh, getting leaders onboarded. Yep. Is, uh, yeah, is just, yes, they'll volunteer. As a parent, you'll volunteer for the individual events, you know, hey, we have to go camping or hey, we're going, we're running, a, having a bottle drive. Can you come out and help? Uh, and it's lovely when they do. I mean, yeah. not to knock that. Like it's, no. it's awesome when you do get people out. Yeah. But again, it's a matter of timing and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I think too, the other reason though, that it's really, that uh, it's really important that, you know, it does ultimately rest with a group to, you know, sort of decide for itself where they want their effective ratio to be, mm-hmm. you know, taking the policy taking the, the, the national policy now as the minimum standard and then in deciding where they want their effective ratio to be mm-hmm. is just going to be determined by the individual group dynamic, right? I mm-hmm. mean, we've got a, like in, in my beaver sections, you know, they, <laughs> we've got a, a fairly interesting mix of kids. One thing we don't have is a lot of special needs youth, Right. So if you did have a section where you have a lot of special needs youth, well, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you need more scouters because those youth are going to require additional care and attention and focus well, versus, you know, children who aren't in that category. Yeah. And sometimes you, uh, special needs children also have an aid that that comes with them as well. And that's an, another dynamic to the whole, uh, yes. whole leadership team. Yes, that's... Uh, <laughs> and again, like we haven't had to deal with that mm-hmm. in, in our sections, at not, least not, not for I, a while. Yeah. We, not for we, a while. We have had to deal with it in the past. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit but, before I put on the mm-hmm. red shirt. Yeah. So, but which we're wearing tonight, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Stylish. Yes. We're actually podcasting in uniform, not, uh, it's a long story, but basically <laughs> I owe a photo to the guys at scouting radio. Yeah. And, uh, so we're kitted out in lovely red uniforms as a result. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do like these. They're certainly a better shirt than uh, than uh, previous uniforms. Yeah, I uh, mean, I still have my old tan one. But Yeah, me too. But no, I, I like this one. I think it's mostly because they, uh, they actually encourage the rolled sleeve look. And yes. I was, I was always a big fan of that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, one other thing to stress, and I think we've kind of already mentioned it, but you know, the change in scouter youth ratio mm-hmm. doesn't impact the two scouter rule. That's always a, a standard. Yeah. The two scouter rule is the requirement for two regis- registered scouters to be with the youth at all times. Notwithstanding ratio, two scouters must always be within the field of view and within earshot of one another mm-hmm. when with youth. Mm-hmm. So, um, that at least has not changed. Yeah. I, w- I was going to say, I think uh, the two two scouter rule has always been something that's been instilled from 
Well, back when I was uh, taking my turn at uh, being a scout leader, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was mandated then too. Yep. That one came on, I think, fairly early. The ratio requirements kind of got tuned and, yeah, and polished. And I, th- I think it was more of a pendulum effect on the ratio. It was like, we're going to go with this many. Well, this is this is ridiculous. It's not working well. well. Okay, well, maybe this many. Yeah, it's working all right, but we could stand to have a few more, so it goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah, so. But they've really, um, I think overall it'll be a good number. Mm. And I mean, again, they're really putting it on the individual group. So it's not like, you know, a group with only three scouters is going to be required to take on 24 yeah. youth. It's they're, not. They're making it, yeah, they're making it doable in if you don't have, especially at the startup of the year when you have very few leaders, mm-hmm. you can still run the meetings and have the the parent volunteers who you're working through getting through all their training and wood badging uh, or wood badge training and all of that kind of yep. stuff. That that helps get through that process as well. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, just thinking about that process too, like, I mean, mm-hmm. the way our group does it is we'll kind of do the initial round of registrations and then usually like in the week of or the week just before regular scouting meetings start Mm -hmm. for the different sections, Mm -hmm. we'll have the parent night, right? Yeah. And we'll introduce the group committee and the leadership teams for each section. Yeah. And then of course, you know, there'll of course be the and I mean, it's it's just an opportunity to explain a bunch of things. Hey, you know, like the, the fundraising commitments, things like that, you yeah. can explain too. But yeah. then also the fact that, you know, this doesn't just happen in a vacuum and we not even so much encourage, but actually do expect a certain level of parental involvement mm-hmm. in their children's scouting adventures. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> For the beavers, I've tended to be a little bit more informal. I just, you know, if I need parents, I'll request it on an mm-hmm. individual basis. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that I need for every single meeting. But at the cub level, um, from that parent night, like we started signing volunteers up. Two yeah. parent volunteers minimum mm-hmm. per evening. Even if it's just to handle things like um, sign-ins and sign-outs at the door. Mm-hmm. But just establishing early and consistently, hey, yeah, no, we do need parental involvement. We do want parental help. Yeah. Because then when we have a bigger event, mm-hmm. like a camp or cub cars or whatever else, yeah. we've already set that expectation. And, yeah. you know, maybe oh. we've already even got names on papers. It's like, hey, because that's what yeah. we do. We put out a list of like, you know, all of our meeting dates and okay. there's what's going camp on dates that we have yeah. to that point. Yeah. It's just like, hey, read it. Mm-hmm. Sign it, mm-hmm. pick a date mm-hmm. and, you know, yep. away we go from there. And yep. I think these are good ways for groups just in general to, uh, you know, if you are kind of towards the minimum for ratio and you do need the extra help, like, I mean, just bring that to your parents right away, right at the start of the year, get them signed up to volunteer, to help, because then you know what? It's on their calendar. Mm-hmm. They know about it too. Mm-hmm. You know, they can just punch it into their phone or whatever. So, all right, on October 10th, I'm going to be helping my, yeah, helping out at my son's beaver colony. Yeah. All right, good, great. You know, you put that expectation there. Um, you get that agreement in place. And 
that does also, you know, if you have parents who are, you know, particularly keen and particularly able to continue volunteering, well, those are the people that you can really start trying to groom to become your yeah. new scouters. Yeah. Um, but it also opens you up to be able to have that discussion of, hey, did you want to become a scouter? Would you consider that? With any parent who shows up to actually volunteer and help out at a mm-hmm. section mm-hmm. meeting or a camp or whatever. Well, yeah, and and doing the the volunteer volunteer early, volunteer often kind of thing is you get uh, the the friendships in between, like between the the parents within the group start forming as well, and yes. then that can translate into a better leadership team when you if you when and if you can uh, onboard them as leaders. Yes, definitely. No, those are. Uh... And it is true. I mean, some of the best friendships I've had in my life anyways came out of scouting, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting to see, yeah, that same stuff start to play out now that I'm back and being a scouter Mm -hmm. and, you know, just working with the other scouters and seeing, you know, the camaraderie that forms there as a result. Yeah. It's, it's a unique thing. It it really is. Yep. All right. So youth leader ratio changes, not entirely at home with it but can mm-hmm. totally see the reasoning for it. Mm-hmm. And really, oh. I was going to say, not that it affects you, but like in, in the sen- in the broader sense that it, Scouts Canada is still allowing you the the option. They're giving you the audible uh, as far as how how you want to, how what what your your section is comfortable with. Yes, and I think that's kind of the really, <clears throat> that's the really beneficial part. Mm-hmm is that on the one hand, now we do have these requirements. They're a little bit looser. It makes it a little bit easier to, you know, put together a sort of minimum leadership team for you to then onboard whatever your set number of youth is going to be for the year. Like we cap our beaver sections at 20. Um, we cap our scout packs. Well, right now we're still just doing the one combined pack technically. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cap our scout packs at 18. Or sorry, our cub packs at 18. I was just yeah. going to correct you. Uh, uh, our I cub figured, scout I, packs at 18. There yeah, we go. There we go. Yes, no, our cub our cub packs are capped at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at 31 total for cubs right now, for example. And we're, we've already figured out the division between packs. It's just mm-hmm. that to date, we haven't done any events that were, <clears throat> have afforded us the opportunity to split up into packs. Right. Um, there's kind of been much more larger group focused activities. Right. Again, just taking advantage of the weather mostly. Yeah, that's right. Getting them outdoors. Um, plus, the scouts are currently occupying our meeting space. Ah. They're, uh, it's a lot. It's, yeah. I, although I yeah. think they're changing venues shortly here. But anyways. That's another challenge and another podcast for another day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, so yeah, we cap at 20 for beavers, cap at 18 per section for the cubs. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what it is for scouts, but again- it's up to, you know, the group in, you know, and not just, you know, like not just the group committee, but the group committee and then the section scouters mm-hmm. to actually sit down and say, okay, there's so many youth we want to onboard. And then at least they can get the minimum leadership in place for that. And they can work on building up a leadership team yeah. from there. Yeah. And that's a good thing. But at the same time is understood to be a minimum is understood that groups individually will set for themselves what their effective ratios really need to be to carry out a good program. Mm. <laughs> and it's good that, you know, that is in there as well. Agreed. All right. Well, do I have any shout outs? You know what? I do. 
Oh my gosh, I do. Hang on. I need to fire up the old email client here and click on this one. There we go. So we got a message from, I, I didn't actually ask him if I can use his last name, so I'm just going to call him Scouter Joe. Hmm. And he writes in, <clears throat> I've been listening to music at the office for a while. I've tried various online streaming services. Recently, I had the idea to check out podcasts, and I was quite excited to discover not only a scouting podcast, but a Canadian scouting podcast. Mm -hmm. Which, and I mean, you know what? We do have some BSA content, but a lot of it is Canadian, so. Go with what you know. Exactly. (laughs) Mm. Scanning through the list of shows, the first ones I listened to were the ones about badges and badge trading. Mm -hmm. I am an avid collector of patches and scouting memorabilia of all kinds. I even have founded a Facebook group called Canadian Scout Collectibles a couple of years ago, which now has close to 700 members. Oh, wow. I am one of those members. It's worth checking out. Mm -hmm. People find some really neat stuff. I imagine. Uh, I've been in scouting for 25 years as a youth member and adult volunteer. I'm currently Hawkeye with the... uh, with the 27th in Ottawa, where my daughter is a whitetail. Mm. I've enjoyed listening to the podcast you've done so far and look forward to your future recordings. Keep up the great work. Um, so thank you, Joe. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. And you, just to confirm, because I did ask him this question as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, the group, the Facebook group that he's founded, um, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes, is not just for people to show off their collections, but is also to you know use Facebook as a means of facil- facilitating Facil- sales and trading. trades. Oh. <laughs> Very cool. So definitely, um, definitely worth checking out because yeah, mm-hmm. there is some really neat stuff that people have been finding. And it's like, mm-hmm. I love clicking into that group because there's always, you know, one or two new things that get posted a day. Just yeah. seeing the pictures of some of the stuff. It's just like, wow, I remember that. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> um, that's the best feeling. Yes. It, uh, uh, well, that's good. Yeah, so no, that's good. Actually, thank that you, reminds Scouter me. Joe. Thank you, Scouter Joe, and the uh, and you know, shout out to you and also to um, all of the, uh, the the people who take part of the Canadian Scout Collectibles Facebook group. Mm-hmm. It's a good group. I uh, actually just before we yeah. do the other shout out here, um, <clears throat> it being twenty seventeen next year, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm actually really excited because I get to sew all my old date patches. Oh back yes, on the uniform. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we had that discussion about. Uh, all of the the centennial and the yep. the various other I mean I wasn't a scout in 67 so I don't think I can mm-hmm. get away with pulling it off of my dad's old uniform but well I don't know you, you you'll have to see if anyone calls you on it <laughs> <laughs> I just look really good yeah. <laughs> I've got the gray hair for it yeah yeah there you go <laughs> but I was a scout in 97 mm-hmm. uh, I've still got my 97 badge so I'm going to pull that off of my tan uniform and put that on here mm-hmm. and then I'll add the 2017 badge as well yeah um, it's, it's nice, you know, to be able to have those mm-hmm. badges, mm-hmm. right? Just like, oh, wow. Like I was a scout during a milestone. Like that's cool mm-hmm. in its own way. Anyways, um, another shout out, of course, as always a big thank you to, uh, the folks at Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting Scouting Stuff episodes, their worldwide audience. If you are listening to us on Scouting Radio, um, do stay tuned because in a couple of minutes we will... We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love for you to get in touch, and we'll tell you how to do that here shortly. But first question to you, any shout-outs of yours? Um, well, no, yes, I guess. Uh, it's more like a, a newsworthy item that probably everybody knows of, but I figure hmm. um, because uh, 
it's this individual was rather uh uh rather in, i wouldn't say influential but certainly made an appearance in our scouting careers uh on road trips um our advisor was a kind of a big fan of leonard cohen oh yes right? so so some of our road trips <laughs> Uh, included included the soulful uh, lyrics of uh, of Mr. Leonard Cohen, and uh, for those of you that have followed, uh, uh, he has passed this last week, and uh, the uh, there's been all sorts of tributes going on and whatnot. But yeah, I figured I'd I'd throw that in there as just kind of yeah, a, there you go, a, a little bit of a. Uh, historical relevance to, to <laughs> I, I, uh, it, it could be the one time that you ended up changing the tire on the Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that God, you know what? I was so busy working on the tire. I don't even remember what was playing at the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you'd have a better memory of that than I would. Yeah. Well, I, I was laughing, so I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't recall much of anything. No, I'm sorry. I can't I, hear you over the sound of how much I'm laughing at your misfortune right now. <laughs> That serves you right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty dumb move on my part. <laughs> Hindsight. Well, it's always twenty twenty. It is. Should okay. Ah, oh, that boat. That boat has long. I was going to say, should we but... fill the listeners in on what exactly, what what stupid thing you actually did, or should well, we leave you know that what? to it the imagination? You know what? I was just trying to. I don't even remember what I was trying to do. I was like trying to just look up over something, and I had kind of propped myself up on the tire, and I stepped on the valve stem. Uh-huh. And popped it basically, so like tore yeah. it open, and so yeah. the tire deflated. And then our advisor was none too happy with me and made me change his tire. Yeah, but uh, on the plus side, I got to learn how to change a tire <laughs> <laughs> on a monstrosity of yes, a car. On a monstrosity of a Lincoln <laughs> car. Oh my gosh, that was a that was a comfortable ride, though. It was. It, it didn't t- matter what seat you were in. No. You always had room. Yeah. And it was a, it was a fairly smooth ride too. The car was just so darn wide. I mean, how could it not be? <laughs> Ruga. Yes. The land boat. Very much a land yacht. Yeah. Very much. <laughs> All right. Anyways, if you want to send some feedback, mm. um, you can email us, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SSYSK Podcast. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast. Um, you can also leave us a voice message. Just go to scoutingstuffpodcast.com and look for the link at the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get, I think, like 90 seconds to say your bit. Ooh. And uh, we can work that into future episodes. Yes. Always fun. And finally, uh, do please consider leaving us a review on iTunes because mm. in the magic of... Apple's storefront and other podcatchers out there that somehow has an effect and makes the podcast more visible and yes. that's a good thing. We like to be seen and heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. See, see what I did there? Nice. Uh, very I, nice. I was clever. <laughs> and you know, kind of related to that, I mean, if you do like any of our episodes in particular, um, do feel free to share them mm-hmm. with your own social media circles. Yes. Just spread the word a little bit. We'd definitely appreciate that. Thank you kindly. All right. Well, that's about it for that. So I will just say until next time, be prepared. Be prepared.